Heavenly Father, we bow before you. Lord, we do indeed thank you for our earthly fathers. Father, we thank you for their impact on our lives, the ministry in our lives. And Father, I pray for each and every man that is here today. I pray your blessings on him, your direction, your empowerment, that he might live up to what you want him to be. And the Lord, as he raises his children, that he would do it in a godly fashion. Give him wisdom, give him protection, give him guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we all be seated? I want to begin, before we say anything, to show you this little short video clip. This is things that you never heard your father say. Uh, Maybe some of you did, but I doubt it. Look at this right quick for the next few minutes, okay? I don't care how late you stay out. Stay out as late as you want. You want to borrow the new car? You want to borrow my credit card? Kids today, they really have it rough. I have no idea where we are or where we're going. I mean, when I was their age, life was easy. Super easy. Why haven't you gotten a tattoo yet? How come you don't have any piercings yet? Yep, we're lost. We are completely lost. Ooh, sports. Just do whatever the mechanic says to do. Vehicle maintenance is completely overrated. Look, whatever the mechanic is asking, just pay him. Pay him whatever he wants. I wish they had soap operas at night. I like that boy. You should date him. You should date him immediately. Well, what about the creepy guy with the motorcycle? He's cute. Yeah, sure. Spring break in Tahiti sounds fun. Hey, make sure you get all your video games done before you start your homework. You don't have to pass all your classes. What? You have a project due tomorrow, and you've known about it for four weeks, and you haven't started yet? Sweet! Doesn't anybody want to know if we're there yet? Remember, if you need anything between midnight and 4 a.m., please come wake me up. Hey, I'm on the phone. Could you bring the baby over and let him climb all over me? Hey! Hey! Can you please turn that music up? Well, we just stopped for lunch 10 minutes ago, but yeah, let's stop again. I never have trouble with my toddler. I never have trouble with my teenagers. I never have trouble with my adult children. You know, she's right. We are ruining her life. Yes, more homework to correct. All right, whining. Yay, tantrums. Hmm, vomit. We just really need to spoil these kids more. Sorry, buddy. I don't know any good jokes at all. You're 16. You pretty much know everything now. I think 18 is a great age to get married. Okay, remember, make sure you turn on all the lights before you leave the house. Hey, could you leave the front door open for a couple hours? Thanks. Money really does grow on trees. I doubt anybody had a dad like that, but don't you wish you did? <laughs> I'll tell you, that's, all the things that you, we, you never hear your dad say are the exact same things that we do say. Isn't it? Um, we're here today to worship God, as we always do on a Sunday morning, but we're also here to honor our earthly fathers. Now, I realize that some of you have lost your fathers. Uh, they're no longer with us. And uh, what we talk about today, you may not think would apply to you, but it really will. If you'll just listen, there's application for you in your life. I also realize that some of you have never known your fathers. Either they abandoned you or there was a divorce and uh, they parted ways with you and your family and you've never seen them. And I also realize that some of you wish that you didn't know your father because of something that has occurred in your life, the abuse, the neglect, whatever it may be. 
I know that all of these are true, but this sermon today, what I'm going to be talking about, is applicable no matter what the situation. I want to talk to you today on the importance of saying thank you to your dad, just to simply tell him thank you. Now, even if he is dead, and then you begin to get into the habit of thanking God for him. Now, I'll tell you in a moment why this is so important. The act of uh, giving thanks is something that is talked about in Scripture, and it is very important. For example, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a confusing verse, because sometimes... We think that the verse is saying that whatever happens to you is God's will. And that, of course, would be true, but I don't think this is what the verse is talking about. I think the verse is talking about giving thanks is God's will for you. In other words, it's instruction on what to do in every situation you find yourself in life. And we're being told to do it because this is what God wants for his people. And there's a reason for that. Now, that takes... Out of the equation, our excuses for all the reasons why we wouldn't. I don't like that person. That person has been mean to me. That person has mistreated me or abused me. So I would never tell them thank you. But Scripture tells us that we should. There's an interesting verse in Romans chapter 1. Because in Romans chapter 1, Paul is talking about how mankind sort of went down the drain over time. talks about the decline of humanity in that chapter. And here's what he says in verse 21 of Romans 1. He says, for, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Now what he's doing is this. He's giving sort of the reason for man's decline and humanity follow, falling into the, uh, a degradation that they fell into. And that was that they stopped giving thanks to God. They stopped telling God thank you. Everybody that you ask, no matter what the situation, they will tell you that they are grateful. I'm grateful to my parents. I'm grateful to the Lord. I'm grateful to my spouse and so forth. But very few of us ever say thank you. Very few of us ever say that. And there are a lot of reasons why we don't do that. It's just something that we are not used to. But you need to understand the magnitude of it. You need to understand the impact that it has on people. There are reasons why we need to say thank you. Let me share with you a couple of reasons right here. Number one, and this is referring to your father now, why it's important that you tell your dad, if at all possible, thank you. And be specific about what you're thanking him for. But there's a reason for that, and that is, number one, it blesses your dad. It blesses your dad for him to hear you say thank you. How do you feel whenever your children, or anybody for that matter, but especially your children, will come up to you and out of the blue say, Dad, you know when you did such and such, I I never told you thanks. I never thanked you for that car you bought me. I never thanked you for the money you gave me. I never thanked you for just being there for me or coming to my ball games or whatever the case may be. And when they say that, you tell me, how do you feel? How do you feel? Is that not a blessing? You bet it is. Then God says to you and me that this is true now, this is the application across the board, that it is true in every relationship and every situation you find yourself in, that you find something in that relationship that you can thank the individual for. But especially as we come to to this sermon, this message today, 
that you and I get into the habit of thanking verbally our fathers, if at all possible. And like I said, if that is not possible, if they're not there, if they're not here anymore, then you begin to get into the habit of thinking through the reasons why you need to thank them and then thanking God for them, saying, God, thank you for the dad you gave me because he did this for me. Now, again, I understand the pain. I understand the hurt. I understand how that there has been uh, abuse and neglect and things that have gone on in the lives of many people. And sometimes we look back at our parents as the direct cause of that, and it's valid in some cases. But if I, if I were standing before the Lord and I were giving all of the excuses, and I was saying, God, but do you know what they did to me? Do you know how they hurt me? God would say, yeah, I, I know that. I know how they hurt you. I know what they did to you. I know what Dad did. I know what he said. I know how harsh and unbearing and, and just, I know how he was. But you see, I want you to get into the habit of saying thank you, even in situations like that. Because it's not only going to be a blessing to the person that you're thanking, and I want you to be that kind of person, but here's the second reason why you need to do it. And that is because it blesses you. You see, it blesses you and me when we say thank you to people. People that don't really deserve it. People that we wouldn't normally think of of expressing gratitude to them. But, but God says, hey, it blesses you to do it. Think of it this way. You know, it humbles you to, to get to that point. You really do. You have to humble yourself to say to somebody... I recognize this thing that you did in my life, and I want to thank you for it. And yeah, there may be other baggage along with it that you're not wanting to address, and you're not telling them thanks for that, but, but I've got to humble myself and swallow the hurt and swallow the pain to a certain degree in order to fulfill what God has called me to do. And God has called me to be a blessing to you. And when I do this, God says he's going to bless me for it too. And it begins to change me. I believe with all my heart that where there's hurt and pain in your relationship with your dad, that one of the things that opens up the door to restoration is for you to begin to look for things in the life of your dad that you can look at and say, this is something positive. There may not have been a whole lot there that was positive, but this is. And dad, I want to thank you for it. I believe that that would open up the door, at least, to begin the process of restoration. There's a ministry that takes place. And God uses you to minister to a person that has lost his way, a person that has sinned gravely, a person that has hurt you tremendously. God says, I'm going to use you now to open that door up and to restore this relationship. Because as much as you might not like your dad, as much as you might resent him for the past, God loves him. God does. And you and I as believers have got to understand where we fit into this because God says, now you're my instrument. You're my instrument to reach that person. And if not your dad, then somebody in your life that has hurt you. And God says to you, I want you to give thanks. I want you to tell them thank you. Not for the pain, but for good things that you can point out, things that you can address. So here are some of the things that we're going to be 
looking at in which we can use as examples of things we need to thank him for. What do we need to thank dad for? Now, there could be a number of things that come to mind, especially if you had a good relationship. If you had a good relationship with dad, there are all kinds of things that you can just sit there and think, yeah, I need to thank him for that, thank him for that. But a lot of people can't. I'm going to give you three things that possibly, if you think about it, you could probably give thanks for these things. So think about this, and maybe even in the bad relationship that you've encountered with your dad over the years, you can at least give thanks for these three things. Number one is this. You can thank him for what he gave you. You can thank him for what he gave you. Now, I'm looking at the provider, being the provider of the family. I've heard a lot of people say over the years, you know, my dad wasn't worth a cuss. He was abusive. He, he was uh, verbally and physically abusive. He neglected the family in a lot of ways. He was never there in important times. And things that I needed from him, I never got. But one thing he did, and he did well, he provided for us. I think sometimes dads see that as their primary reason for existing as a father. And they do that well a lot of times, although the relational part of it seems to suffer sometimes. But if that's the only thing that you can look at and say positive about your relationship with your father, then camp on it and use it to open up this door that I'm talking about where God just might use you to reach him. Use this as the opportunity to go to him and in, in, in on the phone or face-to-face or where, however you want to do it, but to say, you know, so, you know what, Dad? You know as well as I do, our relationship has been strained over the years. The relationship has been a disaster, perhaps. We haven't gotten along and all of these things. Lord, and, and Dave and say, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm not neglecting that. But today, today, you know the thing that came to mind? The thing that came to mind was when you bought me that first car. And I want to thank you for that, Dad, because you showed love to me. The, the thing that comes to mind is when you were there and working hard and giving money to mother to buy groceries and you didn't run off and leave us and neglect us. And all the things that may have gone wrong in this relationship, you provided for us very well. You know, I had a great dad. I've told you this story before. And my dad was a blue-collar worker. He, he drove a truck for different companies. He raised five children. And I can tell you this, things were tight. But you know what? As kids, we never knew that. My mom and dad raised us, and we thought we were rich when we were children. But we weren't. But they convinced us we were. And we always had food, we always had clothes, and there was always money that dad was able to give us for going to the movies and things like that. I can remember my dad wearing old, worn-out shoes that seemed like forever. He wore them forever. Because he wasn't going to spend the money on himself to go buy some more. My dad wore an old brown belt for many years. He'd hang in on the bathroom door after he changed clothes, and it would be there when I would go in to take a shower. That old brown belt had been stretched over the years beyond recognition, but he wouldn't change it. He'd get out his knife. He'd cut another hole in it if he needed to. He'd cut off the end of it. He'd keep wearing it because he wasn't going to spend the money on himself. He was going to spend it on his kids. And I saw my dad work hard. I saw my dad care for his family. And I've told you this story before. But my grandfather was a bigamist. In other words, his father found out, we found out, or they found out, when he was about 12 years old, 
He found out that his dad went down to South Carolina. We're from, we're from North Carolina, lived in Charlotte, born and raised there. And he had gone down to South Carolina on a business trip, met a woman years earlier, married her, still married to my grandmother, raised a family now, has two or three small children in South Carolina. And this is, I don't know, back in the early, early 40s, I guess. I'm not sure when it was. But it was like they found out the marriage dissolved and... He saw his father maybe two or three more times in his entire life. His dad was not there for him. But he swore he'd never be like that. And he wasn't. Now, if he was still living, and I did this on a number of occasions, I would thank him specifically for things that he had done. How he provided for us. How he took care of us. How he sacrificed for us. Now... If your dad, and mine's not living, like I said, if he's not living, then let's get into the habit of thanking God for him. That God, you gave me this dad, and he took care of me, he took care of our family. And Lord, thank you for that. But you see, you and I have got to get into the habit of of expressing the gratitude verbally. Because this is what God tells us to do, because God knows not only the impact it's going to have on the person who hears it, but it's going to have an impact on you regardless. And I know, I know that it's going to be hard. I know that. But this is at least one area where, when you think about it, I think most of us probably at least had a dad that paid the bills, at least put food on the table. It may not have been there for us, but at least he did that. And you can thank him for that. Now, if your dad is still living and you're struggling to find something to say thank you for, then thank him for that. Dad, you did a a good job there, and I want to thank you. Again, why? Because it is a ministry to him that God has told you to do, and it will impact you in ways you never imagined. It will open up the door for restoration in this relationship, even though you may not want it now, God says do it because God knows the impact of what that's going to do in your life if you can restore the relationship. So thank him for what he gave you. Here's the second thing that you might possibly thank him for, and that is you thank him for what he taught you. You thank him for what he taught you. Now we're told in the scripture that God has ordained three great institutions in which we live in that are provisions that he's made for us. Number one is the government. We're told in Scripture that God ordained government to pass laws for our protection, to punish evildoers and so forth, in order to take care of society. Another one is the church. God has given us the church to provide spiritual support and guidance and direction and so forth. Now the third one is the home. God has provided us with the home. And it was designed in order to provide for us in so many different ways. But this is where, you know, it's been said that the home is where life makes up its mind. That's where you begin to to understand what life is. It's been said that as the home goes, so goes the church. And as the church goes, so goes the nation. And I think that's true. Dad is responsible in the home. He has a responsibility to teach his children about life. And this means means every facet of life. 
we live in a day where it's hard to be a dad. I don't think it used to be this way. But fathers, good fathers, are pulled away and enticed in many directions. They suffer temptation. They struggle with that because it's everywhere. They struggle with the demands on their time and on their interests. They're constantly under attack for their manhood, or what used to be manhood that's looked at now as something negative, that looked at as always being the aggressor and being evil, and somehow they've been labeled as something that God never intended. So, yeah, it is hard. But still, as dads, we have the responsibility to be the ones that teach our children about life. Now listen to this verse. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Paul makes this statement. And this is out of Ephesians. We're going to get to this here in a few weeks when we, as we continue this study on Ephesians. So I'll be explaining this verse to you again here in another month or two. But right now let me look at it in context of what we're talking about. Ephesians 6, 4, here's what it says. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, what does this mean? For example, what does the word exasperate mean? Well, it's saying, fathers, do not frustrate your children. By the way you discipline or by the way you raise them, by the way you treat them, don't give them mixed signals and all the other things that might frustrate them. There's a lot of things that go into that we'll talk about another time. But what I want you to see is this portion at the end where it says, Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, obviously that would involve spiritual instruction and spiritual training. That is where most of us, when we look at this verse, we make that application and we stop. But I believe that it involves a whole lot more than that. I believe that it's the training and instruction in every area of life that God would have you as the Father to teach your children. Now, for example, it's our responsibility to teach our children the importance of hard work. It's our responsibility to teach our children the importance of an education and to hold their feet to the fire and to see that it's done. It's our responsibility to teach our children integrity. It's our responsibility to teach our children about dating what that means, what it looks like. It's our responsibility as dads to teach our sons how to treat a woman. It's our responsibility as a dad to teach our daughters how to be good wives and mothers. Self-respect. Morality. All of these things that as a father... God says it's your responsibility, Dad, not to frustrate them. Don't ignore them. Don't confuse them. Don't ruin their lives. Instead, you bring them up in the instruction and the training that God has given you the responsibility to do. It says here that there is, this is the, a sad confession of one particular father. Here's what he says. He says, I took my children to school, but I never took them to church. I taught them to drink, but not how to drink from the living water. I enrolled them in Little League, but not Sunday school. I showed them how to fish, but not to be fishers of men. I made the Lord's Day a holiday rather than a holy day. I taught them the church was full of hypocrites. 
And I made the greater hypocrite of them and me. I gave them a color TV, but I provided them no Bible. I handed them the keys to the car, but did not give to them the keys to the kingdom of God. I taught them how to make a living, but failed to bring them to Christ, who alone can make a life. So you think back at all the things that your father may have taught you, in regardless of the relationship that you've had. What did he teach you? You think back, and it may be something as simple as my dad taught me how to drive. Call him up and thank him if he's alive. Say, Dad, I was just thinking. I just got back from church. Pastor's talking about thinking back to the things that our parents taught us. And the thing that sticks out to me is what you taught me when you taught me how to drive and how important that was. And we had a good time doing that. And I just want to thank you for that. It'll change your relationship. Whatever simple task that your father has taught you, then you call him up and you thank him for it. And if he's not alive, then you start thanking God for him, regardless of the past, to thank God for him in every situation for the good things that he did teach you along the way. Granted, there may be few, I don't know, but you thank God for it. Here's the third thing that you need to be thanking him for. You thank him for what he showed you. Not what he verbally taught you, but what he showed you in the way in which he lived his life. There are no perfect fathers. None of us are. We have our faults and we have our good times as well, the good things about us. But granted, you are always teaching your children something by the way you live your life. Unfortunately, sometimes it's more negative than positive. But focus on the things that are positive that you observed about your father. What did you learn by watching him? For example, when I think about my dad, I, one of the things is I watched my dad and I learned how to love my wife and my children. I, I saw that in him. And maybe you need to think back because maybe you've pushed it back to the recesses of your mind and You've harbored bitterness instead of memories. And you think back and you say, you know what? He was a good example of a man that loved his wife. He was a good example of a man that loved his children. You know, I've said many times to my dad, I I preached his funeral. Hardest thing I've ever done. I already told mother I'm not preaching hers. I can't do it. I said, we'll have to get somebody else to do it. Uh, you know, Dad was dying of Alzheimer's and liver cancer, and we were praying God would take him. So it was a relief, and it was a whole different mindset. I said, unless something bad happens to you and I'm praying for you to die, I'm not doing your funeral. I can't do it. And so she said, I understand. We'll get the preacher that she has now to do it. I said, I may say a few words, but that's it. But, you know, when I think of my dad, I stood there that day doing his funeral, and I said, I said, that I can honestly say, and I've even heard him say this over the years, that he worshipped the ground she walked on. Wow. He loved her. And I want to have a marriage like that. I want to be a father and a husband like that. Because I saw it in him. So, you know, with my father, there's a lot of things I could I 
thanked him for and, and I thank God for every time I remember him. But if, if there may not be that much in your relationship with your father, but maybe, maybe, as you look back at the relationship that he had with his, his wife, and uh, you can thank him for at least being a good example. Another thing that he, you may thank him for, for the fact of, of something that you saw in him, is you might thank him for, because watching him, you learned how to forgive. You learned how to forgive. There were things in life growing up where I saw my dad get taken advantage of. And I saw him turn right around and forgive people. He was that kind of person. And you learn something like that through observation. You learn it because you see it in in the other person. Showing compassion. Oh, man. You see in your father compassion at times. In, a, in particular relationships. Maybe not in a lot of things, but maybe there's something that sticks out in your mind. You say, yeah, I learned about compassion there. I've told you this story before, but when we were left Charlotte to take off to Bible college and seminary and all the things that we did after leaving home, I found out later that my father had been sitting in his easy chair one night watching a TV show, a documentary, talking about a ministry up in the Appalachian Mountains there in North Carolina called the Parson of the Hills. Now, the Parson of the Hills was a minister that devoted his ministry, his time, to going around to the poor in the Appalachian Mountains and helping them. And he was on TV encouraging people to take up collections of money and clothing and food and stuff like that because Christmas was coming. And he was making a push to get things to take to them. Well, my dad's sitting there now in his easy chair. And dad decided he's going to talk to his Sunday school class of men. And they're going to take up a collection to send to this organization. Well, as they present it to the Sunday school class and the guys get excited about it, well, the whole church gets involved in it. And then beyond the church, people in the community hear about it say, we want to help out too. Different companies and organizations say, yeah, we want to help too. Pretty soon they filled up an 18-wheeler. And they took it up there and distributed it to the people. They went with the guy and his organization and went back into the hills and distributed things. And it all happened because my dad, sitting in his easy chair one night, when God speaks to him, and he says, I can do that. Compassion. You learn it because of you've seen it. And maybe, just maybe, in your relationship with your father, you've seen that. You've seen the forgiveness and the compassion. And it may not have been something that was exhibited all the time, but at least one time sticks out in your mind and you think to yourself, yeah, I remember that well. Then thank him. Dad, I saw you do it. Thank you, because it stuck out of my mind, and I, I, it was meaningful to me. Maybe you were fortunate enough to see exemplified in your father just how to love God, how you love God. Then you need to thank him for it. You really do. If you were fortunate enough to have a father that loved the Lord, then you need to call him up, go see him, Thank Him for all that He's done for you in that area and how He has made you into the person that you are today. 
And if he's dead and gone, then you think God for giving you a father like that. But you begin to express that verbally. It's very important that you do. So the challenge is very simple. To thank your father verbally if he's alive and the Lord if he's not. But also one other thing. To make sure that you're the kind of dad that someday your children would, would want to thank. That you're the kind of dad right now that someday, looking back, your children will say, yeah, I saw this in him. I heard him see, say this. I observed it. He, he did this. And they'll be calling you up on the phone someday or coming to see you and saying, you know what, Dad? You're not perfect. Nobody claims that you are. But man, you did a good job. You did a good job there. And I want to thank you. Guys, it will mean the world to them. And it will change you. It really will. You know, if you're sitting here this morning and you're still struggling with this whole issue of faith and putting your trust in Jesus Christ, let me just leave a close here with one verse, okay? It's in John 3.36. And it goes like this. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. It's an important verse. You believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and God gives you eternal life. You reject him, and the wrath of God remains on you. You're lost. Why don't you put your faith in him? Why don't you put your trust in him? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. If you're here this morning and you've never put your faith in Christ, then I want to encourage you to do that right here where you sit. And if you have questions, then I would love nothing more than to talk with you. And I'll make myself available for that at any time. Just give me a call. All of us have a father or have had a father. I do not know the relationship and what it's like. But this one thing I'll leave you with. You find something worthy of thanking him and you go to him and you thank him. Because you want to be obedient to the Lord and you want more than anything for God to work in his life because he may not be a believer. And God, you want God to work in your life as well. It will change you. It really will. And I want to encourage you to do that. Heavenly Father, as we bow here today, Father, I pray for each one of us that we would have the courage and the boldness, the commitment to you to be obedient, and that this Father's Day we will make it a point to say thank you to our dads, to find something positive in this relationship where there may not have been before. But Father, to take that opportunity to not only be a blessing to him, but that in doing this you might bless us. And that he might come to you and that the relationship might be restored and something good will come from it. But Father, we must take the first step and we pray. We pray for each one of us that we would have the courage to do it. Lord, that is my prayer for us. In Jesus' name, amen.